and villages, teaching in their synagogues, and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and curing every disease and every sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them, because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. Grace and peace to you from God, our Father in heaven, through our risen and living Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Yeah, welcome to Las Vegas. I love it when people come to church and they visit us from other places. But first, I always ask, are you a pastor? Because that's who comes to church on their vacation. But, um, yeah, we get to see a lot of folks. We have people that come to visit us from all over the world. We had people here recently from Australia and South Korea and uh, England and Canada even. But one of the most interesting things about our city is that most of us, not all, but many of us are from somewhere else. Right? Many of you here grew up in Midwestern congregations attended Sunday schools and churches with basements, were confirmed around altars and fonts that had been around for more than a century. We come from Minnesota and North Dakota and Ohio and Wisconsin and New York and Pennsylvania, even a few from Texas, Arizona, Florida and California, Mexico. Even ones who were born and raised here have this family history and connection in other places. Is that one reason that people in the city find it hard to come together at times? Maybe. Many have relocated to Las Vegas for retirement, to enjoy life, to be with the grandkids, to take it easy. We love the low cost of living, access to shopping and restaurants, and in more recent years, sports, arts, theater, and music have flourished in this city. Things are changing. New industries are beginning. It's a real city now. Some people don't know that. They still think we live in hotels and gamble for a living I don't we might understand, though, why higher taxes for better schools, affordable housing, and transportation may seem a lower priority for some residents. Yeah, Vegas can be a tough place to raise a family, too. Sometimes hard to find activities for kids, especially teenagers here. We like to visit the Springs Preserve or city parks, our libraries. Ivy and the kids got to visit the new East Las Vegas Library where they have a podcasting studio and classes on how to be a DJ. Pretty cool. But it's a great thing that more in our neighborhood would have access to books and music and activities. But they're few and far between in this city sometimes. Uh, we were at the water park earlier in the week, which is a great thing to do, a great respite from the summer heat. But I thought about uh, those who don't have the privilege of a season pass or can't afford access to something like that? Where can families go to keep busy, to be entertained, educated, and thriving? We have challenges in this city, but it's still our city. It's a unique place. It has character. We may have struggles, but we who have put down roots in this place are the ones who care about our neighborhoods and the people who live in them. We come out to vote for local elections. We get informed about what is going on, we seek to make this a better, more desirable place to live. More than that, as people of faith, as followers of Jesus, we hear the call to love God and one another. And one of the ways we do that is through serving here in the heart of the city. The prophet Jeremiah was writing 
from Jerusalem to those who had been taken away to Babylon. They were at first the king and his family, skilled laborers, nobility. Ten years later, the temple was destroyed and even more were taken away to Babylon. The prophet Hananiah tried to reassure the masses that peace was coming soon. Don't worry, it's all going to be okay. Just hang in there for the moment. Jeremiah accused him of speaking a lie. People would first have to face suffering, a famine, more persecution. It wasn't going to be as easy as it seemed. So far from their homes, far from their family history, they would need to find a way to persevere. In total, the exile would last 70 years before the temple was rebuilt back in Jerusalem. And the people asked, how should we remain faithful in this new context? This world is changing. How can we obey the law? Where would they worship? They had to adapt. Build houses, settle down, cultivate gardens, get married and have children. Increase in number there so you don't dwindle away. It's going to be a while. Survive, thrive, stay together. In our time, we hear of another exile. Stories of refugees and asylees seeking a better life. We see the pictures in our hearts break. We don't want to see some of those pictures, but they pop up on the news anyway. You see it, and you can't unsee it, right? Some came from Mexico, where over 8,400 murders occurred just from January to March of this year. Yeah. They come from Honduras, where violence has declined, but nearly two-thirds of people are unemployed or underemployed. They come from Guatemala, where 50, where 60% of people live in poverty while leaders and elites fight against investigations into government corruption. As our neighbors from the South continue to cross borders to seek a better life, how are we going to hear the words of the prophet? Promote the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because your future depends on its welfare. Like those who came before us, people are moving to our cities and we'll be tasked to survive, to start to live again. Ask the people employed in our hotels on the Strip, the housekeepers, landscapers, cooks, dishwashers, in their work, in their families, as they are adapting and surviving together, what struggles they have had to face. Many of us can only imagine. And as we work together to find solutions to these issues, I am praying that we may see God at work here in the heart of the city. In the introduction of her beautiful portrait of faith called City of God, Sarah Miles writes that while God is remarkably flexible about showing up anywhere, oh, my diaper baby, God shows up anywhere. In the desert, right? In a manger, in a burning bush, even in a prison cell. The eyes of my own faith, she writes, see the most on urban streets. She says, for me, paradise is a garden, but heaven, heaven is a city. And it might not seem that way at first glance. But if we think the church is just inside a building, to look around in, in the valley at churches, we might see first the crumbling edifice in need of maintenance long deferred teeming with older men, loitering, looking for food, water, or a place to rest. 
We might see gates and doors that stay locked, parking lots empty except for an hour on Sunday mornings. In her book, centered around the events of One Ash Wednesday in 2012, Sarah Miles shares stories of people in need, people arguing, people struggling. Oh, we see that here too, pretty often, about every day. But she writes, in the revelation of John, the gates of the new Jerusalem are never shut. There's no temple in the holy city because God is the temple and God dwells among God's people, wiping their tears and making an end to death. God, if heaven is a city, there's hope. There's hope in the promise of God's presence in our city. For Israel in exile, though, finding stability in work, comfort in planting roots, and finding faith practices that suited their context was a source of strength. No longer able to worship in the temple, people maintained their identity by uh, following the law through dietary rules. They kept kosher, right? Customs changed for those who lived in new places. They held fast to God's word. And by the time the exile was formally ended in 538, many chose to stay in that place, forming the first Jewish communities in the diaspora, far from Jerusalem. Even though they were no longer captive, they remained in the city. They stayed. They grew along with it. They brought their culture. They made it their own. And we've seen the place where we live change right around us. When this church, when Reformation Lutheran Church was formed over 70 years ago, 1948, Las Vegas was quite a different place. It was smaller. Less than 50,000 people lived in Clark County. Anybody here back then? Not quite, not quite, right? Las Vegas was different, though. In the, in the desert, 65 miles to the north, what were they doing? They were blowing up things. They were testing atomic bombs 65 miles away. Sunrise Hospital was being built. Oh, I guess it still is, right, Paul? Yeah. The homes that make up this neighborhood, the neighborhoods around this church, Beverly Green and John S. Park and Southridge and Huntridge, they were just going up. People here wanted to share the love of Jesus with these new neighbors. They worked to provide for people in need here in the heart of the city. And they got right to it, building this place to welcome folks moving west. They built this building in 1956. Anybody here in 56? In Vegas? In Vegas in 56? No, not quite? 60? Yeah, there we go. Couple. <laughs> they worked to provide. They got right to it, and uh, they wanted to welcome people. They taught Sunday school. They put on events, pageants, and service, services for many of these new families. They started the Catherine Center and Martin's Mart. They sponsored and welcomed refugees from Vietnam. They worshipped and prayed and served in this church, in the park, at the hospital, and in their homes. And we're still here. We're still here in this place, still doing a lot of those same things. We're still listening to the needs of a community that is changing. And these days, our neighbors aren't all casino workers. They are teachers, cooks, retirees, tech workers, nurses, realtors, service providers. They are black, white, Asian, Latino, Somali, Ethiopian, Jewish, Hindu, Catholic, agnostic, and atheist. Many are unemployed. Some lack shelter. Others are hungry. I talked with Mrs. Simmons this week at Fremont Middle School. And when the new academic year starts, they expect to be preparing for a move to their new location 
the global high school being built at Maryland and Oki. When we first uh, got together a few years back with faculty, administrators, and parents to talk about the future of that school, we were building new relationships right here in our neighborhood. First by listening, hearing the needs and struggles of our neighbors. Serving the city starts with listening. With Nevadans for the Common Good, we helped to create an environment where people could share their fears and hopes and expectations for our neighborhood and our city. And in just a couple of weeks, as we begin our annual collection of school supplies for these students, uh, my prayer is that this year our offering will be bigger than ever because we know the need is greater than ever. And we'll be able to send them into a, a new era for that school with all they need. So I told her to be watching out for us because Reformation is going to show up the end of that first week of school, which is mid-August, yeah, it'll be here soon, with snacks and donuts and coffee for a little teacher appreciation day, so get ready for that, church. And a couple of weeks ago, I met with Dave Love. He works with the Culinary Union, and he told me about workers at our local hotels who are tasked with more work, less time, and fewer safety precautions in place for them. Imagine when these big resorts get upgraded and renovated, right? We like that. That's cool. But what are they doing? Well, they're adding more mirrors, more pillows, fancier countertops to wipe down, amenities that take longer to care for. It takes longer to clean these new rooms, but they're not adding hours to the ships. Workers are pressured and intimidated, sometimes assaulted. How are we advocating for workers in our city? Well, I'll tell you, this church has begun to build partnerships with the Faith Organizing Alliance, NCG, and Clergy and Laity United for Economic Justice. They're called CLUE, so that we can have these opportunities to hear what's going on in our city and get involved. Each first Tuesday of the month, we'll be showing up to meet with Las Vegas Metro Police Department to hear more about issues going on in our downtown neighborhoods and to hear what they're doing. Uh, this Tuesday night is the meeting at the downtown uh, Area Command, and they're talking about air support. We always hear the helicopters flying over. I hear them at my house just about every night, so we'll know what they're doing. We're building new relationships right here on this street with Shadow Hills and Christ Church and Downtown Faith and University Methodist to share information with these churches, to build up one another in Jesus' name, and to see what God is doing in our midst. You continue to serve with family promise and care for kids and families in need of housing. With Lutheran Social Services, we get to help find food, assistance, and help share the heart of Christ in the heart of the city. Amen? Amen. That's what we do. That's what we do. That's how we serve in this city. After Jesus calls his followers, he went into the cities too. What did he do? He taught. He shared the good news of God's love and promises. Grace, especially for those on the margins of the community, for those on the outside of safety and provision. He healed people. He fed them. He showed compassion. He looked at them with love. And he commissioned others, and he sent them into the towns and into the cities to do the same work, to do even greater things. And he says the harvest is plentiful. That's good news. We want that. There's so much we learn and gain when we care for others and serve right here in the heart of our city. And we do it because Jesus is the one who has served us most of all. All that we do is because of Jesus. In Christ, we are one body. From this font, from this 
altar where we are welcomed into Christ and fed and forgiven and freed, we are then sent to go and serve. And we pray each week that we might go from here to be bread for the hungry. We use what we have, each one of us gifted and inspired in different ways to make a difference. To care for the earth, for our homes, for our families and our neighbors. We give because so much has been given to us. And there in the cross, Jesus demonstrates incomparable compassion for the whole world. Where each one of us is liberated from the struggle for our own greatness. Humbled by the power of love. Granted grace for our lives together. United as children of God. And called to care for one another and the world God made. Jesus is the one that saves us from our selfishness. That we might go out into the world bearing his name. With acts of love and service. He sends us out to the heart of the city. Pray with me, please. Holy God, this is your city. They all are. This is your world. Help us to be bread for the hungry. Signs of hope and peace in a world that is hurting. Help us to be your church. A place of welcome and refuge. And advocacy and care. Help us to treat each other with dignity and kindness. And let it all be for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.